Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Next month, kids will be zipping up their backpacks and hopping on the bus to head back to class. And here in the city, Chicago Public Schools just experienced a major overhaul, one that we haven't seen in years, to the city's Board of Education by new mayor, Brandon Johnson. Mayor Johnson now has six supporters on the Board of Education, replacing all but one of former Mayor Lightfoot's appointees. The term for the new board members will start on July 18th, and they will be the last mayoral appointees before the school board transitions to an elected school board in 2024. Keith Johnson, 105.9 WBBM. These new members are walking into everything from fading federal funding to a recent demand for an investigation into the firing of at least seven black principals from Chicago Public Schools. We want the U.S. Department of Justice Civil Rights Division to investigate the abusive and discriminatory patterns and practices of Chicago Public Schools and develop a consent decree to stop those practices. But in two years, the size of the Board of Education in Chicago will literally triple. And instead of being appointed by the mayor, these seats will be partially elected. So starting next week, what are the expectations of this new board? And where can legitimate improvements and changes be made during their tenure? I'm Jim Hankey, and this week we're educating ourselves on Mayor Johnson's vision for the future of CPS. Let's get looped in, Chicago. As a former CPS teacher himself, Brandon Johnson was an organizer of the city's 2012 teachers' strike and campaigned prior to being elected on advocacy for both teachers and students. But he says he also comes to the table with another unique outlook. I believe I might be the first, if not the only, mayor of the city of Chicago to send their children to the Chicago Public Schools. So I'm I'm negotiating as a parent. I want to transform and build a public school system that is truly in the spirit of, of its intent and its design. Johnson sat down for WBBM's At Issue and spoke with our political editor, Craig Delamore. You can hear At Issue on the radio on Sundays or via your preferred podcast app, And I wanted to speak with Craig to learn more about what Mayor Johnson hopes to accomplish with these changes to the Board of Education. You know, having covered the election and spoken at length with Mayor Johnson over the years, was this move a surprise to you at all? Oh, not at all. Um, First, we should establish that when new mayors take over, uh, rebooting the school board is is pretty standard issue. You know, we hadn't seen it for a long time because don't forget, uh, Richard M. Daley was mayor for more than two decades. Uh, but after that, uh, pretty much as soon as uh, he took over, Rahm Emanuel remade the board 
and Lori Lightfoot did something quite similar. So no, it's it's fairly normal. And remaking it the way he has isn't a surprise either. If anything, you might have expected that somebody uh, with closer ties to the Chicago Teachers Union might have ended up as president. But John Ann Shee, who was the new school board president, came from the uh, a parents organization that does have some funding connections to uh, to the Chicago Teachers Union, but that's not how it was created, and that's not really what the group is. He was the executive director of Raise Your Hand uh, for Illinois and has been that since uh, 2019. He very much is a progressive and has been somebody who has been critical of the uh, some of the things in the school system, so it's not a surprise that he would get an insider job now. You've spoken with both Mayor Lightfoot and Mayor Johnson at length. What do you find to be the differences between their two approaches, being that Mayor Lightfoot has just exited and Mayor Johnson has sort of just taken up the reins? Uh, If anything, I think there was more of a business uh, uh, cast to the board under Lori Lightfoot. Um, Yes, there were some education activists, if you want to call them that. And in fact, the one holdover from Lori Lightfoot's board is Elizabeth Todd Breland. She will be the vice president of the school board. She's the last woman standing, but uh, she was very much the voice for school reform on that board. So, uh, you know, again, not a surprise that she would stay. If anything, it was a surprise that anyone would stay, but she definitely is. Uh, so this board uh, has more of a uh, of a parent orientation and more of an activist orientation But, you know, it's not all rabble rousers, but there are a few. As Johnson himself mentioned during his at-issue conversation, he himself is a CPS parent, and it was clear that this aspect weighed on whoever he appointed to the Board of Education. It turns out that six out of the seven members are also currently, or were previous, CPS parents. The larger school board we can expect in a couple of years is something Johnson has long advocated for, a mixture of appointed and elected officials. I asked Craig if he has any indication as to why it's so important to Johnson to have the board expanded in this way. For the same reasons that uh, that a number of people have been fighting for it, and that is that it gives the public more of a voice on school policy. And this is going to be a transition. It's not a a jump to an, an elected school board. And frankly, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. In 2024, November of 2024, the voters will elect 10 members of an expanded board. Right now, there's seven people on the board. There will be 21. Uh, It'll basically be uh, 10 people appointed by the mayor and the chairman, and then uh, it'll be uh, 10 people that are elected. And then that will go until 2027. And that's when you will have a fully elected board. One of the major concerns, of course, is budget because the federal pandemic relief funding runs out also in a pretty short amount of time, in about two years, you know, meaning that a budget deficit of over about 600 million is is sort of left hanging out there. And I can't imagine that's an easy task for anyone on the school board, not just newly appointed members. So what, if any, suggestions or approaches have you heard about maybe in, in reporting you know, that are, that are going to deal with that number? What, what can we expect, maybe? 
Well, don't forget, most of this is going to be personnel, and that's going to be dictated by the uh, teacher's contracts and, and frankly, the uh, staff members' contracts as well. Uh, but uh, it is, of course, uh, going to be a major concern. Uh, but first, the school board has all within the last number of years always raised its uh, property tax rate to as high as the law allows because of the rising cost of education. That has simply been something that even though people talk about, well, we ought to give people back their money or we ought to be spending less, it still is what happens. However, uh, particularly uh, from Michelle Morales, uh, when we had a brief discussion uh, or in a news conference with the new board members uh, last week, uh, Michelle Morales was one who said, we have to first start looking at how we are spending our money now, whether we are doing it in the right way, and they are going to have to start looking at their budget and taking a deep dive in it, getting the best advice they can, uh, but remembering their mission as well. And they all said that, you know, it's not just about saving money. It's about doing the job well. Special education has been lagging in Chicago and so one of the jobs is going to be to improve that. Well, that may cost more money. So they have to balance all those things. To wrap things up, this is one of the first but also most pivotal decisions that Mayor Johnson uh, has made since taking office. Um, what are some of his next ones? You know, we're a couple months into his tenure. Beyond this school board decision, what might be next on the docket as far as choices that kind of loom this large? Oh, well, <laughs> absolute next is police superintendent. Uh, what's going to happen within maybe a week or so. The community uh, council that is this or com commission that is going to give the mayor uh, a list of finalists, their deadline is the 14th so of this month. So you're going to see that within this week. Uh, that will happen. It's supposed to happen Thursday at an open meeting. But then that's going to be the mayor's next big decision. And it is equally, if not more important than what's happening on the school level. And uh, it will be interesting to see who the finalists are and interesting to see what the mayor does after that. Yeah, big stuff coming down. Uh, thank you, Craig, for uh, taking some time to, to educate me a little bit and, and some of the listeners on, on what's going on. I appreciate it. Well, and thank you for having me. When we come back, I'll speak with the chair of the City Council's Education Committee about how they and the Board of Education work together and what excites her about Mayor Johnson's recent changes to the board. Stay tuned. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. There are many moving parts between Chicago Public Schools and the Board of Education. 
And for some insight on the mechanics of it, I spoke with Alderwoman Jeanette Taylor from Chicago's 20th Ward. Jeanette is also chair of the City Council's Education Committee, and her mom actually worked as a clerk for CPS when Jeanette was a kid. So I started by asking her if that was her inspiration to make a career out of education. To be honest, I was very envious of my mother taking care of other young people at the school. I was I was in a selfish mode. Like, why my mama got to help y'all? Where y'all mama at? People uh, find it funny because they think that you are kind of groomed to be in this space, but that's not what happened. Things in my life set me up to be at this. I don't know if it was me. I loved my community. And so that type of upbringing lets me know kind of what young people need and what communities are supposed to be like. I wonder if we can talk about your history then as, as a chair of the city council's ed- education committee. How does the committee and the school board interact? Or if you can give a brief synopsis of like how you got to how where they're you're supposed at. to interact. And so, there's spent, some, okay, sure. So I spent 23 years on a local school council. Um, I sat at a community and labor table for 15 years that included CTU. And so doing all this work is because I wanted the education system to be more than what I had. And so imagine putting your child in school and they put their name in a book that your name is in. That doesn't sound like education equity. And we knew that schools past CERMAC were quite different than the schools on the South and West side. I'm not surprised I'm in the space, but I'm surprised if that makes sense. Yeah. How we are supposed to work together. We are supposed to work hand in hand. There is not supposed to be this thing of the mayor and the city council against the board of education. We're we're supposed to be molding the next set of electeds, the next set of leaders. And so we're starting on a different phase this time. And we're going to start with transparency. And so our first four meetings will be two with Chicago Public Schools and two with City College of Chicago to talk about all of the data that's out there. Because we still don't know the COVID numbers. We don't know what happened to the kids we lost when the school closed. We don't know what they're spending the money on. And so I have agreed to work with... um. CTU, um, AFSCME, the Teamsters, SEIU, along with Chicago Public Schools. We are partners. We ain't enemies. And so this will be the first time probably in United States history where the school board and the unions are working together. And I'm just excited for it. I'm ready for it. It's well overdue. Were there promises made either by previous administrations or by members? You've been quoted as saying that previous board members had not done any of the things that they were supposed to do. And I'm hoping you can elaborate on that. Were there promises made either by previous administrations or by members of that board themselves about there, specific measures? There is never measures? this thing around transparency. Mm-hmm. And so these board members were not honest, even with the thing that's going on with urban prep now. In October of last year, the State Board of Education revoked the charter status of the All Boys Urban Prep Academy after an investigation found, among other issues, that only a third of its teachers were certified. This past spring, the state board denied Urban Prep's appeal to take back some of its campuses in the Inglewood and Bronzeville neighborhoods. But just last week, an Illinois appellate court stated that Urban Prep would be allowed to remain open while a lawsuit in Cook County Circuit Court challenging its closure is pending. Now it's left in my hands and I'm expected to to, to wave this magic wand that I don't have. 
to say, how do we fix it? And so even with the firing of the principals, even with a lot of the data, we still don't know what happened to young people, where they are when it comes to their benchmarks, when it comes to what happened during the pandemic. And so now it's our responsibility to be honest with the community and be honest with the city about how we spend this dollars, but also say, how do we work together to fix it? And so I tell people all the time, I will complain all day long, but I also will put my hand down and say, what do you need? How do we get this for you? How do we do something different? How do we work with the old school? What is it that parents need? What is it that our young people need? We cannot ignore that the violence that's happened in our community is not based upon those school closures. You got to invest those dollars in those schools and those families, and we can get some things done. And so I'm just excited to do that. Yeah, I, I wanted to touch on that excitement. Like, what have you seen or what have you witnessed about maybe some of those who are coming on board where you feel the advocacy for children will be in place? We're reading about, you know, CPS literally called me and said, how do I have a conversation with you and how do we move forward together? Mm. Most exciting thing, there's a gentleman, his name is Chuck Skorsky. I always mess up his last name, I'm sorry, Chuck. <laughs> but Chuck called me and said, hey, this is a different administration. This is what I've been wanting to do and see. And so we have to work on transparency and being honest with each other and saying things that we can and cannot do. You know, we get that CPS may have a budget shortfall, but I don't think it does. And so the first thing that the mayor is doing that I respect and appreciate is he's making sure that we get a forensic audit of CPS and City College of Chicago, because we're very wasteful. We're not watching what we're spending our money. We're not, we put more money into 42 West Madison than we do in some school buildings. And that's ridiculous because no kids are being educated at 42 West Madison. And so how do you have this wonderful building downtown, but the kids are sitting in schools and classrooms where there are no air conditioning and our young people and their families have to be our priority. 42 West Madison, if you're curious, is the headquarters for CPS. About half of the latest $9.4 billion budget proposed by CPS for the 2023-24 school year would go directly to schools. And while the overall budget is up $22 million from last year, the increase is only a small fraction of a percent compared to 2022-23. A civil rights attorney, Benjamin Crump, held this news conference recently outside of CPS mm -hmm. regarding the firing of at least seven CPS black principals and, mm -hmm. and get, looking into an investigation on that. Can you comment on that? Because I don't think a lot of people know necessarily the percentages of the ethnicities of CPS principals. There are and, not and, a lot and, of black principals right, right. or black male teachers. Let's be honest. They are just not women. They are mostly Latino and black women who are teachers. So there are not a lot of black male teachers or a lot of black web principals. I think the whatever happened, CPS just needs to be transparent about it. A lot of this is egos. It's not even about the work because I did your boss didn't tell you what to do. No, the young people and the teachers in the community are my boss. See, we get it wrong. And I have to remind people when I'm in this space, these are my coworkers. They don't work for me. And so the public is owed an explanation to how you make decisions. And CPS is going to have to own that. Before the board moves to a 21-person committee in about two years, what do you think these seven members can get done prior to what Mayor Johnson had been pushing for, a larger and hopefully more representative community, or committee, I should say, committee of triple that size? Yes, because every community has different needs. I can't tell Nicole Lee what the, her Asian community needs. 
I represent 15% of Latinx and I can't tell you what they need unless I talk with them, unless I sit with them. We haven't increased the what? The living wage and lower norms. We need an increase of living wage. We should automatically have one. We got money for everything else. Mayor Johnson says it better anybody. We got to start investing in people, which is why you see all of these folks leaving Chicago. And the majority are Black, but everybody is leaving because they priced out and they don't see the city coming to their rescue. And that's not what government is supposed to do. This episode of Looped in Chicago was hosted by me, Jim Hankey, and produced and edited by myself and Lizzie Baumgartner. You can stay subscribed to the program on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen, and be sure to follow us on social media at WBBM Podcasts. We'll keep you looped in again right here next week. See you then. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.